The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome to this free episode of Hollinger and Duncan. You can still subscribe to Dunked On Prime, the only place to get every Hollinger and Duncan episode, with our mock-off season sale at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. That's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. In addition to the weekly Hollinger and Duncan shows, you'll get five episodes a week with Nate and Danny, you'll get Seth Partnow's statistical analysis, and you'll get my daily dunks. You'll also get access to our Discord. We have some great discussions going on there every single day. We hope you'll join. Dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Trade season is upon us, John. We have much to discuss. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit. This is your first time actually seeing some of the deals that we did in the mock deadline. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on some of the realistic and more fanciful ones uh, of that. Uh, and uh, of course, there's much more news and just general stuff to talk about with the deadline. But first, it's been far far too long john we have to rule at least one team out of the playoffs maybe even two let's knock out two i th- i think i think it's time yeah we, yeah we've been, yeah we've been slackers so <laughs> yeah yeah to, because let's get some let's get derive, some blood on no, the floor here i i i derive no enjoyment from this process it, it's just you know delivering this news to a fan base that it's just completely impossible for their team to make the playoffs that these predictions are 100 accurate so uh, the play-in has kind of screwed us though john I, I think we're actually i think we're undefeated when it comes to getting the top eight but i think we missed on the pels last year because of the play-in yes obviously but uh, you know then again we also ruled them out when they were like three and 16 last year so maybe a little premature memphis almost got us back in uh in 2020 i think those and then uh, Golden State, I think we had in uh, when the year they lost in the play into the Grizzlies. So okay, we're uh, we, we're we miss about one per year. That's been the so. Let's recap. Only five teams have been eliminated, and these are the five easiest teams. So now we're actually going to get down to it. OKC. Well, actually, no. Uh, OKC <laughs> was seemed easy at the time, but ah, yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I still I still think there's a little bit of smoke mirrors going on there. We'll see. Houston. Detroit, San Antonio, and Charlotte. I'll leave it to you since you're so eager. Uh, well, I mean, the first one, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to rule out Orlando. 20 and 31, 13th place. They, I mean, they're, they've been playing better. I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism there. But for them to win enough to even get to the 10 spot, I think seems really unlikely. They'd You look at it, they would probably have to go, what, like 19 and 12 the rest of the way just to get to 39 wins, which probably gets you to 10th. Um 
I don't, I don't really see that happening. A lot of good things happening there, but a, a playoff berth isn't going to be one of them. Yeah, they're over 500 basically since Fultz and Cole Anthony came back and they had actual guards to play. I did their game on Monday where they had a, a really nice win uh, against Philly. Uh, they've had a couple of, I mean, they, they've beaten some good teams. They had that, they swept that set in Boston. And so they've had some flashes where they've looked really good and they have a lot of talent and Danny had made this point which I agree with is that you know they're not playing at the level of some of these other tanking teams it's just they started off so poorly I think they were you know some of them are in the 5 and 20 range or something like that that right now 538 interestingly projects them as the only team that's going to win between 27 and 38 games they've got them for 31 and 51 and yeah there's just too much to make up particularly with Halliburton coming back today too so i i will agree with you with the magic but i, I think we can agree the future is uh, pretty bright in orlando right now i i agree that certainly the brightest it's been as as far as high level outcomes since dwight howard left i mean they had that little mini bump with vooch gordon and uh i'm like fournier. fournier thank you yeah yeah i, I mean <laughs> but the, that was the you know, that were, yay, yeah we're the we're the eight seed we don't suck but i i think there's a chance for like high level outcomes in Orlando two, three, four years down the road. So that's exciting. Yeah, with Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. And let's say, all right, obviously, if they get Wembenyama, that changes anything, but uh, everything. But let's say in the draft, they kind of get one of these wings that we haven't talked about much yet. But from my understanding, it's basically after Wembenyama, it's all wings, right? Except for Scoot. Uh, I would I would say that's accurate. Some of them are, are wingier than others, uh, but yes. Yeah, but it's probably so. That's odds are that's probably they just get another player to kind of fit into their wing rotation. Obviously, someone who could be really good. But how do you feel about this group going forward? If you're Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, what does this team need to really feel good about? We've got everything in house that we need to have like a high level playoff team if everyone develops. Uh, I think you need more shooting and better guard play. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because they've had competent guard. Like Markel Fultz has actually like been sell. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but they're just you just need more shooting in in that spot. And I think Danny and I were talking about this on the broadcast yesterday that you can kind of go one of two ways at point guard. And some of this will probably depend on what happens in the draft. But they'll have cap space. They could maybe make one free agent addition. Do you want the George Hill type? at point guard like the shooter defender maybe doesn't need to run as much pick and roll or do you want that like primary orchestrator type as good as Ben Caro and Wagner are, I still think they need a, a good offensive player at the point guard position. I, I don't think those two guys could just run the whole thing by themselves. Yeah, I guess the question is, can you find it? Like, does that player exist? I mean, that's you're talking about like an all-star level of player. If you're saying, hey, not only is this guy someone who can run pick and roll, but he also can shoot it well enough off the ball as well. Because you do need that with Franz and Paolo. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I guess defensively, they'll have enough size. They don't, maybe they don't have to pry defense at that position but that's, that's what, still like hey uh, yeah that's what i would think like they you know can they find their jalen brunson somehow or their fred van vliet perhaps or their fred van vliet yes <laughs> i but, think there's a couple fred, teams asking themselves yeah. that yeah right so so fred and we'll, we'll talk more about van vliet actually when we talk trades here in a second but yeah the future is bright here but I, there really is I mean, when I there's you need something at point guard, and really you probably need something at shooting guard too. And I think they need like shooting guard. They need like 
a version of Terrence Ross that's actually good, that actually makes shots, but and is passable <laughs> defensively. Yeah, those are two hard things to find. That's pretty much. You know? Yeah, they need they need the thing that Terrence Ross was. We thought he might be five years ago. Like that's the thing they need. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know, again, I think you can get away with a minus defender at one of those two positions, the one and the two. And the thing that's so interesting about them is like they're they got some great defensive guards on this team. Like that that was the big reason they won. I thought in the fourth quarter they're turning the Sixers over Jalen Suggs is all over the place Gary Harris is getting steals Fultz is is a great defense even Cole Anthony is like a good rebounder at that position so uh, like those guys have value uh they're good players it's just you if you're really trying to get to a team that could win a championship I just think you need more offense out of those two positions somehow but maybe they get Scoot Henderson and then it's (laughs) then you're feeling pretty damn good about these guys yeah for sure okay we got to do one more it's my turn okay you leave the harder one to me of course i wonder if we'll have a divergence here well here let's do this uh can you just just pick yours in your head before i go just so we can maybe we'll we'll avoid a possible group think here it's so it's it's actually this is where it gets really hard man okay well let let me know when you have yours and i'll i'll because i kind of want to talk through it here a little bit so okay i've 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 submitted my selection okay so candidates candidates Pacers, pacers pacers 24 and 28 uh, the, I mean, all of these, every remaining team is predicted for at least 37 wins by 538. So yes. this is not incredibly easy. Uh, um, we have the uh, Raptors at 23 and 29. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bulls. Bulls 23 and 27. We have the team that I probably would have picked if we had done this two weeks ago. The Washington Wizards, the resurgence. Six straight. Six Washington straight Wizards, wins. Who have been Wizards. robbed by the weather of a seventh straight win when their game against Detroit tonight was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Detroit. Uh, would they have been? No, I guess that game was Monday. Detroit has has been stuck there for a while. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, and then I guess the Blazers would be. The other I have one to look at, look at Portland. Possibly. And uh, do, do we dare say the uh, the twelfth place Lakers, thirteenth place Lakers? We dare. I'm sorry, we dare. Well, no, I don't think you know. If, if the referees just didn't screw them over, they would actually be four games above five hundred, right, John? That's how they count in the standings now, right? That's they have. It's it's like it's like hockey. There's like an extra line for like games you got screwed by the ref. Um, a quick aside here. I really did not appreciate their ridiculous display in that Celtics game, particularly when it's LeBron James. It's just when you're you're about to break the scoring record, you're maybe the greatest player of all time. You don't need to be going this crazy like like there's no conspiracy against you like yes the referees missed the call would you like to go through every single call in that game uh, I think someone uh, uh Ben Rohrbach I think just did a article on this for Yahoo that the Lakers if you go through the last two minute reports over the course of the season the Lakers have actually been one of the teams that's benefited the most from missed calls so just to to go crazy like that and then everyone to be it up in arms in the post game and you know Patrick Beverly was hilarious that he brought the camera out there but still like de- deserved the technical foul I, I mean the other thing too is just when you go that crazy about a missed call like and he also LeBron also did this in the uh you know the J.R. Smith thing as well in game one of the 2018 finals like you're not setting your team up to actually win the game in overtime like there's still more of the game like the game's yeah. not over yeah it's almost like you you just cost us the game yeah which you no, you still have game to play actually um, yeah but like, no like I you're mean, not it's putting a, it's just the league is set up to you know favor favor these you know favor these markets so they can get a sacramento minnesota conference finals like they want <laughs> 
yeah, it's just a, a LeBron just been Sisyphus his whole career. Same thing with the Lakers. It just they can't. Every time they get close, <laughs> the Lakers the ever just get a break. pull the rug out in front of them. So, but I, I mean, I just think it's like it, it's just kind of like to the point where the referees association feels compelled to. Okay, now that that actually bothered me statement. more than the re- more than the reaction during the game. Yeah. Because that was not the not remotely the only last second what you would consider game swinging call uh, that has been missed in the last two minute reports. I, like right. I tweeted right. this oh, out, because, like they they yeah. weren't they yeah. weren't doing this public hari kari when you know when they missed the Sacramento Miami call. Yeah. Uh, so I <laughs> that's a yeah yeah the uh, the travel with uh, Tyler, Tyler Hero. Hero. Yeah. So yeah, it, so it's just like now because LeBron threw a tantrum, now they're going to issue this statement it just i i don't like and clearly they did it because it's lebron because he threw a tantrum as you mentioned they missed plenty of calls like that just happens but that's just like that's the nature of nba basketball you just can't be perfect in that situation and there's no way i mean you can't challenge a missed call like there's no stoppage there like there i can't think of any possible mechanism to do that so you're just like like lebron you've been playing for 20 years man like this happens like do you think now you're gonna get more calls you're gonna win more games because you threw this tantrum like it's not even that it's just he's angry and he and he went and did this it's just like that's that's just not what you need to be doing in year 20 five games away from breaking the all-time scoring record so okay, back to ruling does a that team mean you're out eliminating the, playoffs. the Lakers. The playoffs? Uh, no, 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 I'm not. Um, I'm doing the Wizards anyway. Wow, cold. And a big part of that is I just well. The, the thing nah, is, you though, know what? No, no, I'll I'll do the Pacers, but Wizards okay. would have been my next pick because I couldn't pick the Wizards because they actually really give a shit about getting the eighth seed. Yeah, but I also just don't really favor them in a play-in type of setting at all. I just don't think they're that good. I, I, I think ar- like, I can't argue with you there, but yeah, once you get to a play-in game, single game, there's too much random. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, but the play, the Pacers, I think they're Halliburton is coming back. They were above 500 with Halliburton, but that was another team that maybe was doing it with smoke and mirrors a little bit i mean i guess Strength actually another team we, yeah another team we probably should have considered was maybe the jazz but I, I mean the blazers would have to be below below them so yeah i think i think the pacers it, it's a little harder now that i don't think they're going to be making deals uh at the deadline i think they're going to go for it but they also i think of all these teams we've talked about they're the ones who are most likely to be like okay you know good job good effort we'll kind of rest guys the last two weeks or something like that if it looks like they're not close so i will go with indiana and sadly i'm guessing that's probably gonna be your pick too huh uh, the Pacers were my pick. Um, I really thought hard about Portland because I feel like Portland has been like their starters have been really healthy the whole year and they're still just like tracking for 12th place. Yeah. <laughs> like, D- Dame is just too good though. I, c- that, I that's I mean, that that's the part I worry about that if you if they continue to be healthy and end up playing the, the right teams that they can definitely get in there and win a one game play in if their shooters get hot. I thought hard about Toronto, who I could easily see pivoting to suck here um and is 23 and 29 already bulls are kind of in there for the same reason without an actual concrete trade it's hard for me to select them and i presume like that's why you thought about utah too like they could they could make some trades to make themselves a worse team two weeks from now yeah this will be a much easier exercise i think once and we probably the next time we do this will be after the deadline Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets. 
from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize. Things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. So, all right, let's talk Pacers then and their future. We'll talk more about them at the deadline, maybe in a little bit. But just in terms of where this team is going, what are your overall thoughts on the direction of the franchise? Uh, I think they did not expect to be this good this year. And I, I think they actually like to turn to, to pivot to keeping Turner, I think was the right move because I don't think the trade market for him was super robust between the contract and maybe some lingering concerns about him physically. Uh, I, I, I just think this is, this is what it was. So like get, getting him at the, on those two years, you probably would have wished you got another year on that, but that was probably about yeah, as good. Good, good agenting by by him and his team. By the way, I felt like I, I felt like the, and I think we're going to see this a lot. Being a free agent in the summer of 2025, I think that was a big appeal for getting this deal done. Uh oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, because we could have a big cap spike. That's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, and getting, I, I mean, because also like 
by getting yourself up to the max now, but then only doing a lower salary after that for two years, you're kind of distributing that bonus, essentially the renegotiation money just over two years. And so if he had done another year, that would have kind of reduced his yearly salary. So I think this is a sweet spot where you get back on the market, 28, 29. That's like right when you want to be there, when you're kind of a mid-level starter player and to kind of get teams to overpay you going into your 30s. And there'll be the cap spike. I, I think that's and also like being in, in Indiana is really good for him. Like he's having the best year of his career because he's playing with Tyrus Halliburton right now. Turner's camp also had the upper hand here because Indiana was spending that $17 million either way because they were below the floor. Mm-hmm. So they could spend it on Miles Turner or they could just <laughs> throw it out the window basically and have it be distributed to the rest of the roster and really get nothing out of it. So I I, th- I think for, for that reason, like it was, it was incumbent on Indiana to get this done. No, is uh, I think they did a really nice job. But as far as the overall direction of the franchise, all right, M- Matherin and Halliburton, that's pretty good. Halliburton is way better. I was listening to one of our pods from last year when we were kind of talking about Halliburton. It's like, okay, high-level starter, nothing special. Like, oh, no, actually, he's one of the best offensive players in basketball, and he's he should have been starting the All-Star game this year. Uh, so, you know, he's one of the top five passers in the league at this point. So that's a good foundation. Still not a guy I think will be in the top 10 players in the NBA. And Matherin, I think, will be a very solid shooting guard. I don't know if there's superstar potential there. And as you mentioned, they're now probably too good to get into that top group, although we shall see how things end up but Hal Burton's coming back I thought maybe if he was going to be out through the all-star break then they because they've basically been losing every game without him every also game. An indi- <laughs> yes also an indicator that he's pretty fucking good and yeah. so yeah I mean they're kind of they pulled uh 21 Knicks and uh all these other teams that we can go through who kind of won too early and now they've as sad as it's to say they've probably fucked themselves for like the true long term because they're not in position to get another difference maker in the draft unless they strike gold yeah, I mean, to Indiana's credit, part of the reason they're in this spot is because they did draft somebody who made a difference with Matherin. Uh, they do have three firsts in the coming draft, although they're unlikely to be that high. Uh, you, you know, you have a pick from Boston, a pick from Cleveland in their own. Maybe they can move up. We'll, we'll see. Biggest thing, I think, for them is just that open sore at the four. Uh, they just have no good players between 6'5 and 6'10". That's an issue, uh, and maybe they'll kind of trade for someone. And, and all right, if they get John Collins, so it seems. To, but it seems like they're just they're headed right back to where they were two years ago before the Sabonis trade. And I don't know that they would would have 40, been sustainable to stay wins, at that level. Forty five wins for yeah. the next half decade, right? But I mean, they're probably more exciting now, and it's more sustainable because you know Brogdon was breaking down. He wasn't he wasn't able to play big minutes anymore as their starting point. Like they tearing that team down and getting back to this level again this quickly is an accomplishment and but they, they got to just find some other way uh, to uh, to get just that one more big piece i mean turner is a is a very useful piece as well but as your second best player your hope is that instead he's filling in a, a, around other great players but yeah you know Halliburton, matherin competent three competent four like all right you're in the playoff mix again yeah max max or max close to max cap room next year even with turner's money on there however it's it's indiana i mean who no disrespect i actually like going there i'm going there tomorrow actually but um it's it's not a magnet for free agents you like that shrimp place the uh st elmo's 
You know what? I I don't believe I've been there. It's a good breakfast places in Indy, actually. Hmm. Well, yeah, because, I mean, everything's closed after 9 p.m. So <laughs> you, it's better to just kind of shift your, your eating earlier. Uh, no, well, St. Elmo's is a steakhouse. I guess that's probably why you, you haven't gone there. But oh, yeah, they yeah have that amazing... Prob- Probably would have eliminated it from the from the word go. Yes, but they have this amazing shrimp cocktail. If you if you like shrimp and like a good like horseradish uh, cocktail sauce, it's probably like the best one I ever had there. Anyway, all right, that's probably enough uh, on Indiana for now. All right, I sent you my list of all of the trades from the mock deadline. There's a couple of pie in the sky ones here we could talk about later, but I thought the one that is most interesting and maybe most realistic was this deal of the Raptors sending Fred Van Vliet to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, a 2028 Clippers first unprotected and a 29 pick swap unprotected. I think that's really interesting. I actually, uh, I actually like a three-way version of that deal. Where, yeah, you, I think you mentioned this before, but this where is it's Chris Van Vliet Paul going that ends to, up with the Clippers, and Van Vliet yeah. ends up in Phoenix. Yeah, I, I mean, what I'm thinking though, if I'm the Clippers, is like, well, why don't I just trade for Fred Van Vliet? <laughs> Unless they don't have the scratch, right? I guess that would be the and Phoenix. My presumption is that CP might be cheaper than Van Vliet, and so. You might have you might have a first a future first from the Clippers going to I'm trying to think how going out let's say in, in order to bring them back Chris Paul but that they might not have enough to make a trade that brings back Fred VanVleet now the Phoenix difficulty in any kind of deal like this obviously is they have to commit to being spenders. Yeah, but Ishbia supposedly is going to take control very shortly here. But and do we know? We don't know. We don't know if he's somebody who wants to spend money or not. Like, is his first move going to be something like that, or is it going to be Dario Saric, Landry Shamit, and their first round pick to San Antonio for a bag of marbles to get him out of the tax? Yeah, uh, or Josh Richardson maybe, <laughs> who, who would actually probably help these guys. You know, he, he could probably do more for them than Tory Craig. But yeah, I, I think huh, your other question though is just reset. Van Vliet as well. I mean, for Ishbia, I think it's easier to spend a bunch of money right at the start anyway, because you just did spend a bunch of money. You're not as worried about the whole operating income thing on a year-to-year basis where you have to come up with cash. So, I, I mean, I think... You, well, as long, you, as, he didn't max to, him, as long as he didn't max himself out to complete the purchase. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know that much about his finances. So, But but it, just in terms of the, the price for Van Vliet, you know, that uh, 2028 Clippers first and and another pick swap. Clippers actually could throw in another pick swap too if they wanted to. They could go 27 swap, 28 first, 29 swap, mm-hmm. all unprotected in theory. And that would, I mean, Van Vliet is like the guy to me for the Clippers. Well, we know he can play with Kawhi, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And he can play off the ball more. He can defend. He's even strong enough to switch some if they need him to do that. He's a good help defender from that point guard position. And they don't... The, They'll just re-sign him and they don't give a shit about the money. Yeah. So it, it it makes sense on all those levels. It's really interesting it's just, yeah. what you know, what is what does Toronto want to do? Yeah, and of course, what are they two and two on this this road trip now? It's just like they're <laughs> and they had a Defining couple. They've had a couple. Trip. Of, yeah, they're going to go three and three and be like, okay, we still don't know. Yeah, well, like if they could have just won that game in Phoenix, maybe they could have felt better about themselves. But that was that was a rough loss the other night. And then OG got hurt too, right? Was that the game? Oh yeah, he's hurt? got yeah, he's got this wrist thing. Yeah, I don't think we've 
we've gotten a prognosis on that yet. Hopefully it's not something where like surgery could be required. Also could possibly affect uh, his trade issue. Absolutely. Any of these other deals that that you thought were Speaking of which, yeah. Yeah. So I thought your Toronto-Philadelphia deal, that was the one where I went, oh, oh, okay. That was all Feldman. Feldman uh, proposed that as as Philly and I I was Toronto I took it the deal was OG Ananobi and Gary Trent for Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris that is such a such an interesting trade to me uh Philadelphia obviously gets a wing defensive stopper and somebody who maybe enables them to play PJ Tucker a little less if we're being honest and then a, a knockdown shooter uh help fortify those second units and Maxey I think goes to a situation in Toronto where he can be more on the ball more the more an offensive focal point than he can be in Philadelphia and you're taking on Harris's contract to get a um to get Maxi and hopefully cash in on some of his promises a score while he still has uh you know another year left on his rookie deal and then he extend him. Yeah and Harris could actually help the Raptors too. He actually helps and now we're at the point where there's only a year and a half left on his deal. Right. So you swallow that 39 next year then he comes off the books right as Maxi gets extended. Yeah the big reason for me I, I think this is one of those deals where both fan bases would probably be pissed off because I know Maxi, uh, everyone in Philly loves him. But the thing with, with Maxi right now, like he's kind of, I don't want to say redundant, but playing him and Harden together is just tough. There's a reason that they really hit their stride when Maxi was injured. And there's a reason that Doc Rivers had this hilarious, oh, we have three starting lineups. You know, except we only start one starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, there, there's the one we use and then there's the other two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but he he's our six starter so and it just watching that game it just didn't seem like maxi was like so important to what they're doing this is a guy who uh, i get the idea that hey maxi you know is he just one of these guards who's undersized defensive liability doesn't really pass it that well good score but that's kind of it uh and and so you know is he just another Anthony simons jordan pool type i think he's continued to get better over the course of his career so maybe i have a little hope he could be better than that but it's really just about the team control this is the thing i've been pushing with toronto the whole time is just yeah all right you got a lot of talent on the team maybe it just hasn't worked this year you need more time to gel now you gotta fucking decide right now like yeah, you got one yeah. year left on and it'll be one year left on siakam zero years left on van vliet zero years left on trent like you gotta like so the team control with maxi and just getting another young star hopefully fits better with Barnes. that was my thinking there uh, overall does maxi van vliet work or is it pretty much you're moving on from fred if you're if you're doing maxi well, I ended up doing that as uh, Toronto. I think you could, in the short term, it could work. I mean, just to have, I and mean, you just need more shooting and playmaking. And Fred's Fred's tough; like he can guard some twos. It wouldn't be perfect, but I mean, ultimately, Toronto also wants to get a real center at some point in time. Because I mean, that's the biggest thing. Their defense has just been so disappointing. Like they can't stay in front of people despite the athletes they have, and then they have no rim protection once those guys get beat. So now, maybe, uh, I mean, I perish to say this, John. Perhaps another coach could be getting more out of them uh yeah you're not the first person to hint at that in the last 12 months um yeah it's 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 interesting uh nurse has kind of gone from the uh the golden child to now everyone's asking some questions there in toronto about uh the bench usage or lack thereof about the offensive style you know whether they really run anything uh i think there's still a lot of respect for what he does as a defensive coach but even that is kind of that's the thing i've been bothered 
you're by the most, honestly. Right. Going, going, and it, it really came into focus for me in that Philly series where I thought they just made so many mistakes and they just gave up corner three after corner three. And yeah, it, part of it is maybe these guys just are not as good at the point of attack as like they're supposed to be defensively. But I think just his overly aggressive style, I, I'm just, I, I understand the theory behind it, but it just, I'd like to see what they did if they just played more of kind of like a conservative shell system designed to avoid penetration with all these athletes athletes they have rather than trying to pressure up constantly i feel like they they think they need that so they can force turnovers and get something on offense and maybe there's an analytics report that is on board with that because their half court offense is so shitty but i think at some point you need to try because like they just they got to be better defensively with this group that they have um because they're they're never going to be that good on offense so you just you got to get stops you got to be like a top five defense and they're not. <laughs> they're not anywhere close. And no. There was a moment there where it looked like they, they might have something with this, like, switch everything, all six, eight guys. No. Nah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. This is another one I wanted to talk to you about. I was the Bucks uh, as well. Okay. And the one guy that I was targeting, the Bucks uh, have not a ton that they can give up, but they do have uh, an unprotected first in 2029. And I was willing to give that up to get Boyan Bogdanovich from Detroit. What do you think of that? I think that's the type of thing Milwaukee needs to look at. Uh, I mean, I know they're really pushing to get Jay Crowder. And maybe that's where they end up, where they're trying to keep that, not have to puke up an unprotected future first and instead just just go with seconds and get somebody who's maybe a little more capable defensively than bug damage. But I, I think Milwaukee needs more shooting. And that's... That's what he gives them. Now, Chris Middleton is back, looked pretty good last night against Charlotte. So that should help them yeah. offensively. But even with Middleton, they haven't historically been able to score well in the playoffs. Yes, yes. It's um, like they need they need one more guy. And, you know, it, it would actually help them more if it was one more guard. Like, I actually, is this only the second most helpful Bogdanovich for them? I think he's more helpful than Bogdan. He's certainly more likely to finish the game than Bogdan. Yeah, and he's he's better than him right now. He's also under contract for next year. Now he's older. Next, I realize yeah. that. I think I think Bogdan actually like. I don't mind him too much as a switch guy when you have those guys behind him. I like that he could come in and play four next to Giannis if they need to take Brooke Lopez out of the game, if it's a smaller game. And he's he's got, I think, you know, he's got some post-up ability. He can hurt mismatches. So I, I think, obviously, you worry about the age. I, you mentioned Bogdan. Is there anyone else that you would be willing to put that 29 pick on the table for that you think is a good fit that we have a feeling is available? 
Well, not not in the salary range where they'd be shopping. Yeah, yeah. Even even getting to Boyan is a little bit. That's a little bit tough for them. They, they'd have to aggregate some guys together. There might have to be a third team involved, just from a roster spot standpoint. They're not going to want to give up Bobby Portis. I traded Bobby Portis away, thinking that he's once I had Boyan to play the four, I didn't need Bobby Portis anymore. They're not going to do that. And I don't obviously. think they're going to agree with that assessment at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also yeah. traded for Gary Harris, and I also added probably unreal realistic amount to their luxury tax bill if we're being honest um <laughs> no i could see something like george hill and grayson allen and ibaka something like that yeah i mean to me yeah the 29 unprotected first is a lot to give up and the Giannis era in all likelihood is probably going to be over by then uh in maybe a way you wouldn't say necessarily in 27 which is what they've traded out now maybe you could go like uh, detroit would be willing to accept some protections on that uh, although you think if they're trading boy and they would want at least because you can't roll that over to the next year 29 is as far as you can go right now but yeah i just i I don't think there's anyone i mean crowder would be nice like i definitely would love for them to get crowder again to be able to have that stretch four you can play next to Giannis. but crowder's another guy was kind of an iffy jumper in the playoffs so like he's a good player i think they need him for sure because their depth isn't great if they can get him without giving up a first by all means but i think like this is this is the time like these dudes are old like chris also chris milligan could leave so i was thinking Boyan could be insurance for middleton if he just gets a deranged offer from like the rockets or something yeah yeah i don't really see anyone else that, that's why i was like all right this is the guy we got to get him because i just don't see anyone else out there yeah, eric gordon is uh, maybe but he's yeah. not i mean boy has, has been really good offensively. yeah exactly 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 the combination of like really good and available i mean the guy the guy actually for the bucks it's a different kind of guy more of an offensive player uh but malik beasley maybe yeah, that is, that would be nice. I, I wonder about him defensively, but it's, oh yeah, again they have the guys <laughs> behind. But I mean, it, they've been playing Grayson Allen, so I think that he's an upgrade on him, but not much of one. I, I mean, Frank. Frankly, his biggest upgrade is that he doesn't uh, look as attackable <laughs> as Grayson Allen. I think also players just really enjoy going at Grayson <laughs> Allen uh, for various reasons. Hey, Grayson Allen picked Lamelo's dribble last night. Show him a little respect. Um, what's the latest here on on Crowder? Any, any thoughts there? Just seems being the standpoint. Yeah, it just seems stuck. Like, okay, the Bucks are meeting with him, but like, what does that do? Right? Like, they can't if they can't agree on the terms of a trade. Like, I. I, I just don't get it. Um, only thing I could think about is if they were like, are they trying to do an extended trade? Maybe that that would be the only thing I'd wonder about. Like Milwaukee saying, well, I'll, we'll do the deal. You know, we'll throw in this extra stuff that you want if we can have him signed for two more years after this one. I thought that'd be the, the only reason to meet with him. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Chris Haynes report was very interesting that Washington thought the deal was done to send Hachimura to Phoenix and that the deal broke down between... Let's not talk Phoenix about deals Washington probably. thought was done, please. <laughs> Wasn't that in the back in the Grunfeld era, though? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> the last year of that uh, benighted era. So, I mean, that's... I guess Washington would have still had to get something also. I mean, maybe Phoenix or, Phoenix or Milwaukee. It was, it one was of the them same was, thing. Yeah. They were getting three seconds somehow. Um, yeah. And I don't know where they were coming from. Yeah. So if... Again, where are you getting a player that Phoenix wants? Now, you've made this point, and I think it's a good one, that it doesn't necessarily have to be we need to get Jay Crowder back anymore for Phoenix because they just need more backcourt help. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, like D- Dario Saric has played well enough that if they don't trade him in a salary dump, that he would um, he could take some of those backup four minutes and play them well enough that I think they feel better about trading Crow- Crowder for a two. Whereas earlier, I don't think that was what they wanted to do. Uh, okay, can you guess the one here that really just like broke my brain? Where I was like, okay, I just did, I hadn't thought of this, but I thought it was really interesting and fair. But also, I'm not sure either team would want to do it. Uh, the Wiseman. Tra- Trade? Yes. Yeah, this yeah. was this was I wasn't involved in this one. But. I, I, I don't think the Thunder are going to trade Kendrick Williams or Mike Muscala. But this this is interesting because they get their hands on on Wiseman and don't don't, you know, basically get a free look at him. Uh, it's a little bit of Chet insurance, maybe. I mean, even if even if Chet is healthy, they still don't really have any other centers. So there's uh, and and they could also sort of rehabilitate Wiseman and then flip him a year later or something, too. So there, there's a lot of uh, yeah. angles on that one. That's that's a really interesting trade. I, I mean, I think he and Chet could possibly play together, too, which I, I Wiseman, I've been encouraged to some degree. I would definitely be very interested in what his medicals say, but I've been encouraged to some degree at the strides he's made given the short amount of time that he's been able, like he's really improved his touch around the rim his hands are better I mean obviously he has ways to go on all these and, and I thought he actually made a difference defensively for the first time in small spurts in this last uh, healthy period for Golden State I mean the other thing that's so interesting about this is that Williams is on this extension that kicks in next year but he's making two million this year so the Thunder have a trade exception that could take in Wiseman and then you can get Kendrick Williams, who I think is a really good fit for them, could maybe even be in the closing group, the way he's shooting it this year in particular. He really rebounds, but the savings for Golden State would be just absolutely massive. And you also have Williams under contract for a while. If Draymond leaves, he could still be part of your group too. So I I would do this as both teams. I think it's just Kendrick Williams. Yeah, everyone loves him in OKC. Like they extended him. He's, I think, been a, I don't know if you agree with me on this. Like, I think he's been a really big part of their success this year. But I think Wiseman just has enough upside still. Like you're not Kendrick Williams at age 28. Like he's just, he's not going to make the difference for you two years from now. As good as he's been, all your culture, all this shit. Like I think Wiseman has enough upside that I would do. Also great stealth tank move for this year too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Dagnall won't be able to uh, play all those small lineups that are befuddling everyone. Yeah, and they can bring Wiseman along. Obviously, he doesn't need to play forty minutes a game or thing. So I don't know if which side. Well, if you were doing it, if you were in charge of those teams, would you do it? And which team do you think would ultimately not be willing? You said Oklahoma City probably wouldn't be willing. I think they'd be really reluctant to part with with Kenrich Jones. I think that they could do it while giving up Baisley. I think they'd be okay with it. Uh, it'd be interesting. well, yeah. Like, would they? But so, like, to do that for Baisley and one of OKC's picks, would that be? Do you think Golden State would do that, or do you think the part of the value for them is getting a contract that is so team friendly? Going, you know, going out. I don't think they're going to trade Wiseman. Certainly not going to trade him this year, unless it's a guy that could plausibly be very high in their playoff rotation and even close some games. Like they're they're not going unless they're making their team better on the floor this year. I don't think they would do it. Um, and so this this conception actually had them trading Wiseman and a 2027 second to the Thunder. So that is actually, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think either team does does this deal in the end. But it's just the the if Oklahoma City having that trade exception to save golden state all that money i was like wow that's and then you save all that money this year and now maybe
maybe it's realistic to keep the whole team together for next year too because you save so much this year yeah yeah all right one one other one i i really like this is the trade that i want to see happen um yeah the john collins to indiana i i mean that is too perfect to me uh to have him next to turner that is exactly the player collins needs next to him playing with a really good pick and roll point guard like that that is so perfect for john collins to succeed um and then maybe you can play you know play minutes at at uh at backup five when turner is out of the game and have him you know rim run against second string centers uh i just think that's a great situation for him indiana can handle his contract uh it gets the hawks out of a jam even if they're not getting a whole lot in return uh i i just think it works out for for everyone they're really the where it boils down to is what the matching salary would be for uh for the hawks like with the hawks push to get tj mcconnell or or somebody like that in the deal yeah this is a little more difficult now that the pacers did the renegotiation extension but they still have 10 million in cap space to take an unbalanced trade and that that was part of the appeal here for atlanta this is probably in real life not enough of a return this was basically just saving atlanta a bunch of money this year with Batadze, jalen smith and terry taylor going back Danny liked Terry Taylor for some reason. I'm not as much of a fan of him, but uh, I, I think poor Miles Turner because it's just like, hey, I'm finally thriving as the main pick and roll threat. And it's like, oh yeah, because you can shoot. Now we're going to make someone else the main <laughs> pick and roll threat. It's like we're going to just get another. Back to Sabonis world. <laughs> um, are you concerned that John Collins hasn't been able to make a shot since he fucked his finger up last year? Uh, yeah, right. That you see, I'd been I'd been on the under the assumption that it was random noise, but like it's gone on for a while now so maybe it's not random noise yeah law murray pointed that out recently and and this has not been a 25.9 from three yeah yeah he had two years in a row where he was 40 percent, and he's regressed quite a bit since then but you know so it wouldn't be as bad for turner if collins can get back to shooting the ball to where one of them can roll one of them can pop one of them can space out etc like you can kind of alternate there particularly depending on like who's being guarded by the slowest defender yeah I, I think realistically, Indiana would have to throw in one of these picks. You know, I'd be trying to do it for the, if I were them for the worst of Cleveland and Boston this year. I think I think they would be trying to do it for Chris Duarte and whatever else, and like giving Atlanta yeah, the without giving to up a pick. Duarte would be yeah. would be the and save saving the Hawks a bunch of money. I, I Indiana's not putting a first round pick into this. I don't think. I, I, yeah. I don't think the Hawks are getting a first from anyone for John Collins. Well, maybe they're not going to do it then. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's, that's what the latest reporting has indicated. But I, that know, could all be smoke. One more, one more year, John Collins trade rumors, right? It's what we all need. Yeah, I, I <laughs> can I opt out? <laughs> right, right. Okay, let me let me give you a trade that I can guarantee you won't happen. Okay. Uh, Blazers trading Josh Hart to Memphis had that has no chance of happening because it's Memphis because they're just they don't want to trade Josh Hart. Memphis isn't interested in Josh Hart. Uh, the Grizzlies uh, are first of all they're actually excited about Danny Green coming back. Uh, I think he's coming yeah. back like tonight. Um, That's right. So what the, I don't think the answer to poor shooting is to trade for somebody who who refuses to shoot. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I wasn't involved in that one. I don't think I would okay. have done that one. But that's I, I think that's just in terms of the value for Hart, though, their own first and salary matching, essentially. That's I, I, Memphis's I, own first for Josh Hart. Would you do that as Portland? I would do that as Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I I don't think like you look at their salary situation. Yeah. If I get a first for Josh Hart, if I'm Portland. Yeah. Uh, love you, man. But yeah, I'm driving you to the airport. Um, I, I, I just think with their, you know, there's I think he probably opts out of that 12.9 next year i mean i guess the year he's had shooting the ball makes that maybe a little bit of a question um also if you're portland like you might kind of want him to opt out of that 12 9 right to have a little more wiggle room to to do jeremy grant's contract i i think it's a situation where they're better off moving on from him um probably realistically you're taking back seconds and you know they can't take back anything more than he makes because they're right next to the tax line but they they could take back something and you know get a player or two maybe half fills a spot for this year you know they now that they have Peyton back and they have Nasir Little back I think there's a little more comfort at his position where doing a deal with him makes a little more sense yeah I think I would try to get him to just due to his contract status now keep in mind of course his that player option is also non-guaranteed although uh it's pretty yes. interesting because his player option deadline and his guarantee date are both June 25th. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's the opportunity once he, he opts would ha- in. He would to- have to opt in before they could cut him, though. Well, of course, yeah. So that's interesting, though, because if he sends it in like a, a minute before the deadline, like does Portland have enough time to be like, no, 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 we waive you. <laughs> Well, they could waive him. Well, maybe it's one of those. It's well, it surely is one of those player options where you could waive him at any time before them, right? Like, like it, it would be on Portland to waive him before. Yeah, the that's okay. That's true. Yeah, like it's one. Yeah, like remember could, that yeah, Monte Ellis point before that. Yeah, you're right. Like okay, Monte right. Ellis had this player option that because like, there actually are two types of player options. This is probably the second one where you can actually be waived. Be like the team has the option to waive you before you opt in, whereas most of those. Those, your player option if you get waived the option gets automatically exercised this is probably exactly. th- that first exactly. type across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in texas it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. A couple of these I wanted to hit on, but first I wanted to ask you this question. Dark horse team that we really haven't heard talked about much that you could see being aggressive to try to get better at the deadline. Gotta be Memphis, right? I mean, I they're think sitting on a bunch of picks. There's a lot of stuff they could do. I think they've been really quiet. I, 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 I don't know what's on their board as far as... 
I, I think the bar for them is pretty high as far as doing something um, because they like what they have. And so I don't know if they're going to trade first round level picks just to get more role players because they kind of have that already. Um, hmm. That said, I like I like Bojan Bogdanovic there. <laughs> like I think that makes all kinds of sense given the shooting trouble they have. Uh, but it's going to cost them a first rounder. It's going to cost them Danny Green and they're going to have to find some other matching salary too. Like they don't have crappy players lying around making $10 million, which sort of makes it harder to manufacture trades for them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so having said that, I think Dallas is still a team to watch just because that they know they don't have what they need right now around Luka. And they're a little, you know, their hands are tied with the with the first they still have going out and whatnot. But they, I'm sure they're going to try. Now, I don't know if they're going to get anything done, but I they are going to try. Let's talk about Memphis first. And I think... I would really like Boyan there. I would be willing to give up one of my bad firsts going forward if that's enough for Detroit. We'll see what how much Troy Weaver is really sticking to this. Like I, I need like a really good first possibility. Well, it's interesting though because the language that I saw said unprotected first, which to me means like. It could be Further a playoff out. team yeah. where the pick is in the twenties, but it just you need certainty that you're getting a first round pick. Yeah. That's that's how yeah. I read it anyway. Yeah, I mean when I think of it that way, I think that's like you're more interested in something in the future that's unprotected that could really have some upside. Like, okay, Memphis is unprotected pick this year. Like, great. Like, is, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Okay, thank God. It's in the bottom five of the round. Um, this is my feeling though on Memphis. And I happen to disagree with you in terms of actually predicting just because uh, that they're going to make a big move because I think that just hasn't been the way that they've approached this team. 100%. But uh, so I just don't think they have the organizational philosophy there to do this. And I'll say who I think does in a second. But uh, go through their roster. To me, you've got like two guys that I feel rock solid about in the playoffs. That's Ja and Desmond Bain. Jaron is going to get in foul trouble every other game. He's going to average 27 minutes a game in the playoffs. E- even though he's obviously a really good player when he's out there, I, I, just, I don't trust him to play a lot of minutes. And then everyone else, it's like, like who else on this team are you like, yeah, this guy can play in every matchup. Like Brooks, okay, but like he'll, he can go crazy and shoot you out of it sometime. Uh, so, I mean, all these other guys, Adams, Tyus Jones is too small. Zaire Williams is skinny, he's too inexperienced. The bench guys haven't proven anything. Clark is like, he's good sometimes, but there's other teams he doesn't match up against very well uh, just because he's too thin or he doesn't communicate well enough defensively and he's not like a great switch guy. So I need, if I'm Memphis, another guy where I'm like, Taylor Jenkins is just can pencil this guy into every lineup against every team. And I think Boyan is the closest guy to that, that again, would be reasonably available for them outside of, you know, if they really went crazy with like an Ananobi type. Yeah. 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 That that's the one a lot of people are talking about, but I like OG's fit is a little weird because uh, I mean, a, I think you might have to put Dylan Brooks in just to get the salary match. I, I haven't, I think I think with Green and I mean I think if they did that deal, Zaire Williams is in it. it so Green, Green and Williams, Williams gets you there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but that, you're with, into, let's, let's go back to Dallas though. You brought them up. Unless yeah. you had anything else on Memphis, I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna try right. Like Bert, Bert I'm sure Bertans in the first has been offered far and wide for for various and sundry other things that could bring uh, well, them back. So so you think they're offering a first? I mean I think they have to offer a first to 
get anything done. Well, that's true. But I, I think it's just uh, you're throwing good money after bad at that point. I think they just like, like you're not you winning a just... championship with whatever you're getting with. Like, this is just, hey, let's make sure Luca isn't too pissed off this year and we're kind of window dressing competitive. Maybe we make it to the second best. That's what you're hoping for here. Like, I, I hate the idea of same actually with the Lakers, too, I, of just giving up only one first rounder to just get a little bit better this year. It's just like, what the fuck's the point of that? Right. But but you, I mean, I don't know if that that's their philosophy. I, I mean, McMahon has talked about this some that like they're trying to wait to get their whole draft back and, and get the big score uh, with the that second star next to Luca. I think that's the right strategy. But do you feel like they this year has been so bad that they're just like, fuck, we got to assuage Luca a little bit here and not have this be such a terrible season? I think they're going to, I, I think at the end of the day, they're, they're only going to make a move if it's a clear, if it's a pretty clear win. Um, but if they could somehow parlay Hardaway or Bertans and draft capital into a real player, yeah, I I, I do think they would do that. Because then you can turn around and trade that real player for something later. Yeah, maybe. I, I just, I mean, now you're trading your 2025 first rounder and now you're just, you're back in this trap again where you can't, trade more than a couple of firsts you could trade your 20 26 first rounder <laughs> what, what does that do for you unless you trade the one in 2024 still it still gives you 24 oh you're saying once you okay yeah i i got you so once this draft is over you could trade 24 28 and 30 yeah if you trade your 26 unprotected yes hmm. or, or put light enough protections on it that someone will just assume that it's going to go that sort of seemed to okay all right that's that's, that's interesting um yeah I, I'm, I don't expect it, it, them to succeed, but I think they're going to really, really try. And then the other thing I think that's really interesting is what are they going to do uh, with Christian Wood? Yeah. They could just, I mean, they could just re-sign him. They could do an extension, although they, they haven't gotten to the finish line on that. Uh, they, they could also have max cap space in the summer of 2024. Yes, and and I think they are aware of that. So that that's a, a reason not to extend Christian Wood beyond one year. Yeah, they're a fascinating think, team. Yeah, I actually think they're looking out two years, though, to 25, um, yep. where where they get Bertons and Hardaway off the books. And, and then you also, yeah. Oof, that was and hopefully you job. also have a situation, I mean, we'll see what the new extension rules are but maybe you have a situation where there's a lot of guys like we just talked about with turner who are timing up their free agency for 25 and but then you know you also have to actually get the free agent <laughs> that's uh that's been, been a, a little bit of a problem for dallas yeah i still i still can't believe how much they just owned themselves on this brunson thing like it, it's I mean, I it wouldn't shock me. I, I don't think he deserves it, but it wouldn't shock me if he makes the All Star. So it's in New York, yeah. and and I've, I've it feels like one of these things we're gonna be talking about for a long, long time. Well, especially if Dallas isn't ever able to to really fill that spot. Okay, two more topics quickly. The team that I think is the biggest dark horse, not Memphis, but the other team that's kind of in the same situation as them, and that's New Orleans. And that's the reason for that is I just it seems like they have a different philosophy of just being way more aggressive. Even though Griffin did save his job last year and they've had the injuries... I think there's going to be some pressure there that like, hey, we can't, we got to turn this thing around now. It looks like Zion trending like he's going to be back after the break. Hopefully Ingram will start to find it a little bit, but they're they're just worn out from having to play shorthanded all these times. 
and they have the assets uh, too. You know, who, they who have would, the assets. Yeah. They have the contract. I mean, Hayes is expiring. Graham has one guaranteed year left. Uh, they could put Kira Lewis in a deal potentially. Like they have a lot of ways they can go. Contract uh, Garrett Temple. I'm sorry, uh, is another five million there. So like, I mean, just between Temple and Hayes, that can, you're in the middle class right away. Um, and then even to get like fairly expensive guys, they can get to that. Who would be your ideal target for them? I think they need another guard, um, a, not not another small guard, <laughs> maybe like a like a six four guard who can shoot. Uh, I think I think Atlanta's Bogdanovich would actually be a good fit there. Interesting, because it's they're such a fucking weird team, and I, I'm so annoyed yeah. that we haven't been able to see them healthy yet. I, was, yeah. I mentioned this to Danny yesterday. They they have like three huge needs. Like they need somebody who can protect the rim. They need more shooting, and they need two way play on the wing. Yes, but they're a good team, <laughs> right? Like when you say that, it's like this team must suck. <laughs> it's like no, <laughs> so weird. Um, last guy I want to talk about here before we go, Jakob Pertl. Yeah, I my money has always been on him re-signing with San Antonio. I do think there are scenarios where the Spurs would say, "Wow, that's just too good an offer, and we have to take it." Uh, and the one you wonder about, obviously, is Toronto, who, you know, you send him there in your mock trade deadline. I mean, that 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 to me is the one, uh, the the one most realistic possibility where the Raptors like, OK, we're going to trade for him. We know we have his bird rights. We're going to re-sign him and we'll pay whatever because we need a rim protector so badly. And this guy's a really good rim protector. So... Where it gets a little interesting is the Raptors are bad enough right now that the nego- haggling over the protection on a first round pick might get interesting. Yeah, we ended up doing a top 10 protected for a couple of years in this deal. From San Antonio's perspective, I'm any first round pick, I would trade him immediately. I just don't know when they ex- expect to start being good. Because if it's still... Well, I, I know when I expect them to start being good. <laughs> and it's not anytime soon. <laughs> well, and I mean, when you're dealing with Toronto, now you're talking about you're not getting like the 27th pick. You're getting, you know, ballpark, right? A pick in the maybe 12 to 15 range. Like, yeah. okay. Uh, I'm also not loving him if I'm Toronto as a fit next to Scotty Barnes on offense. But this is, uh, again, we, we talked about this with a lot of these guys who are powerful forwards who don't shoot it that well just how hard it is to fit someone next to them but yeah uh i mean defensively purtle would be good like i've been someone who's been on the train that purtle is underrated for a long time but this is my thinking from san antonio standpoint okay you signed him to a new contract the four for 58 wasn't enough uh well i'm interested to know who's out there that's going to pay him more than that this offseason that has cap space but or maybe they would it would be a sign and trade but let's say you re-sign him now for 18 million a year instead of the 15 that it would have been you think you're getting more for him later in a trade? And as you noted, like, what's the point of keeping him around when you're just going to suck for the next few years? Also, you, the guy that you're tanking for, you might get him on the team. And then it's like, what is, what is the point of yes. having Fertile? Yeah. So, uh, like, to me, if you have a bird in the hand right now with a first round pick, you trade that guy. He's, you know, probably the 15th to 20th best center in the league. That's the type of player and expiring contract. You're going to have to pay him at market rate. He also has been bad this year. Like, he's, they have the worst defense in NBA history. He hasn't been helping them. So, like, maybe his brand just continues to suck and he's not tradable at all like i think the risk of holding on to him in terms of his future trade value is too high i think you got to move him now yeah i don't know maybe maybe you're right maybe maybe it's more likely than i've uh than i've presumed that he goes I, I, I mean maybe it's not likely i'm just i'm just making the argument of why i would do it yeah yeah no you make you make a compelling case thank you <laughs> 
Uh, can I give you one more team to watch to be active that we haven't really talked about? And I don't really have a lot of fake trades for them. I just think they're very excited right now. Uh, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot bandied about it with them. What do they? What do you think they need? What do they have to trade? Just as a general concept, even if it's uh, not a specific. They, I trade. mean, they need a wing defender. I think clearly, right? Uh, and they're probably looking at a first available because they owe the pick to uh, Atlanta from the Herder deal. So as could be as early as 26 or as late as 28. Uh, and then they do actually have a raft of future seconds and like some pretty good ones um, that that they could throw in on top of that. So that probably doesn't get you into the into the OG and an OB level, right? Uh, but maybe- I, I mean, they could they could trade three first round picks, I guess, right? Like uh, or some swaps or something if they needed to, but. Yeah, it's uh, actually they, they might could only be technically able to trade do two. three, do three first, twenty six. Oh no, they could do two first and two swaps. Yeah. Okay, twenty six, twenty eight, and swaps, and even that would be dependent on conveying to uh, Atlanta right away, unless they redid the protection with the Hawks. Yeah, just let's and the Kings been very exciting. Light the beam, uh, all that. I just like I, I don't want to go all in with like two more first round draft picks <laughs> at this point with this group. Like let's let's see let's see how this season ends. Uh, I think there's uh, particularly in the West I, I've like so much has changed everyone's around 500 like could be the standings of the West could look very different by the end of the season and the Kings have been qualitatively one of the best teams I acknowledge that their schedule is going to get harder their defense is not amazing they haven't had the slightest of injuries this season other than nope. the Sabonis thumb that he's playing through pretty well because you know he doesn't really use his right hand anyway <laughs> yeah I, I, like they would be a good Crowder team Crowder would really help them I think and they you know they've got these seconds they could use that are probably be better than some of these other teams but then you still have to assuage phoenix's desire for a player may i interest you in alex len what about rashawn holmes yeah that money going out is a killer it is yeah that, that's that was a disappointment he was always one of my guys who's uh, kind of underrated and as soon as he signed that contract he had some personal issues obviously uh, as well uh, but, but uh, that's he's really disappointed yes all right well this is fun I, next time we talk trade deadline will be in the books we'll do friday as we usually do after the trade deadline for our our next pod so looking forward to that and we're running a special sale for the mock trade deadline as well this is a prime only podcast so thanks everyone for being a subscriber but if you want to get a special deal save some money if you're on the monthly plan the yearly plan with the this sale we're running which is basically our best deal uh, is uh, we'll save you a bunch of money over the course of the year uh, so uh, highly recommend signing up for that and uh, we'll talk to y'all next time so then BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 